it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special Crown Jewel Smackdown study mix. Just going to go over the results real quick for Crown Jewel and talk about Smackdown tonight. Another good show. The ending was a little suspect, but we'll get to that once we get there. Um, New rosters have taken effect after Crown Jewel. And we are off and running because the next pay-per-view for the WWE is Survivor Series. Now, Survivor Series being one of the big five, probably one of the more exciting ones. And I say that because you go back to the Raw versus SmackDown. um, It's unfortunate that NXT is no longer that third viable brand because I believe that that would be a lot more fun when everything's a triple threat. Uh, I thought that that year when NXT came up and completely dominated both Raw and SmackDown, I thought that was the best. Uh, I thought that was probably my favorite Survivor Series pay-per-view that I've ever watched. Um, I just loved that third-person group. It just it worked, and I and I... I'm sad that it's not going to be the same ever again, probably. Um, Because WWE has severely just made NXT the developmental brand that they always wanted it to be. Uh, No longer that third viable brand. And, yeah, that's fine, I guess. Uh, NXT is is still doing good stuff. But I will miss them when it comes to Survivor Series season. But... Survivor Series isn't until the middle of next month. This will be your SmackDown study for October 22nd, 2021. We are almost to October, which is uh, to November, which is already insane in its own right. I can't believe that Halloween is, you know, nine days away. And then after that, we go into... The holiday season and i don't know if i'm ready for that <laughs> it feels like only yesterday it was 2019 and you know life was life was you know 
less pandemic-y and <laughs> I was able to see people and, and not have to, you know, worry. But it is what it is. This is life. We will get through it because that's what we do. But before we jump into SmackDown side of things, let's do a quick recap of Crown Jewel. Now, I will say that I had a lot of fun watching this pay-per-view. Um, by far, this is the best Crown Jewel that they've done. They had storylines that went into the show and ramifications coming out of the show. Unlike all the previous ones, the times that they've been over in Saudi Arabia, they've just been like one-offs and they kind of just happened. These had stories leading into it and it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, the first match was on the kickoff show. The only match I actually did not get to watch after the fact because they didn't add the kickoff show to the regular broadcast, which was still four hours and seven minutes. That's a long ass time. <laughs> so it was the Usos taking on and defeating the Hurt Business. I did. They did have one recap during the show. Um, it looks like a really good match. I'm kind of sad I missed it. Um, but, you know, real life job really can't do anything about it. <laughs> After that, we moved into the main show where it was Edge versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell. That kicked off the show. Almost a 30-minute classic. And I will say classic because this was by far, and so in my own personal opinion, by far this was the best match of the night. And it kicked off the show. I loved this trilogy. I always, I, I'm always a big fan between two people who can talk the talk and walk the walk at the same time. And they did it. Edge and Seth never missed when it came to promos and their matches. All three of them were stellar. I would honestly say this one was the best one. Maybe because I like my matches a little more violent. It's, uh, I like the gimmick matches when they're done well. This was done pretty flawlessly. <laughs> Edge getting the win over Seth was the correct move because Seth does not need this. Honestly, neither did Edge. But after what Seth did, you know, going to Edge's house and stuff like that, you can kind of tell that this is where it was going to lead. And... They did a great job. I think my favorite parts of watching this match were uh, when Seth had the chain wrapped around his boot, giving Edge the super kick while he was on his knees, and then Edge retaliating when Rollins went for the stomp and using the chair to essentially, you know, cut his crotch in two. <laughs> uh, and then Edge doing this, delivering the stomp of his own for the win, even though he technically missed the stomp. I think whatever. <laughs> That's the only thing that missed the camera. Actually, the camera cut actually worked out real well, and um, it didn't. It didn't seem as bad. Uh, but the match itself was great. Physical. Both guys were just fantastic. Next match after that, with your hometown hero Mansoor taking on and defeating Mustafa Ali. A good, solid match. I, I was a surprise. This, this match was 10 minutes flat. And I did not. I, it didn't seem like it. But it was a good match. 
Uh, but Mansoor does get your win because obviously he's the hometown hero and hometown heroes don't lose in Saudi Arabia. That's just how this works. <laughs> uh, next match after that was RK bro, uh, Randy Orton and Riddle taking on and defeating AJ Styles and Omos to retain their raw tag team championships. Then we got into some tournament finals. Zelina Vega taking on and defeating Dewdrop to become your first ever Queens crown champion so she is the new queen of wwe uh the sunset the sunset flip into the pin for zelina vega on to do drop to win this match was outstanding um just yeah it looked flawless and the fact that this match and i hoped i hoped and hoped and prayed this match got five minutes and 55 seconds more than I almost wait, almost double the longest one <laughs> um, during the actual tournament itself. Um, I'm glad they did give him a little bit more time, but having Zelina win this was was big. So I look forward to seeing Raw when uh, she gets her uh, her probably her coronation. Uh, because Xavier Woods had his on SmackDown, but we'll cover that once we get there. After that, we had the no-holds-barred fall count anywhere match between Goldberg and Bobby Lashley. This match, a lot better than I honestly expected it. The finish was outstanding. Goldberg spearing Lashley off of the stage into some tables and gets the pin. We then went to our King of the Ring tournament final, where it was Xavier Woods taking on Finn Balor, and Xavier Woods, this man wanting to be king of the ring since he was a young child, gets the job done, defeats Finn Balor, and becomes the king of the ring. Now, the only sad part about this is that I was accidentally spoiled um, for both the Queen's Crown and the King of the Ring tournament. So I knew what was happening. I still wanted to see how it happened. So, but still seeing Woods win was outstanding. Um, I'm super happy and I look forward to seeing what he does as the King of the Ring. Uh, We then had the match for the WWE Championship, Big E taking on and actually defeating Drew McIntyre in a very, very good match. Uh, This was uh, over 18 minutes of just pure big men slapping meats and shit like that so a lot of fun to watch um biggie does retain his title uh, after that it was a triple threat match for the wwe smackdown women's championship with becky lynch taking on and, and defeating both bianca belair and sasha banks becky using the ropes to pin sasha to win this matchup um and of course, it was funny because there was <laughs> one of the commenters, I think it might have been Byron Saxon screaming, Oh, she's got the ropes. It's a triple threat match. Rope breaks don't matter. So Becky Lynch retains the title, which led to an interesting situation on SmackDown. But once again, we'll cover that. Um, with Becky Lynch being the SmackDown champion moving to Raw and Charlotte being the Raw champion, and Raw Women's champion moving to SmackDown. And then your main event, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman taking on and defeating Brock Lesnar 
to retain this Universal Championship. But of course, not without some controversy, without the Usos getting involved, without a title being used to the head, without a ref bump, a secondary ref coming in, seeing everything that happened prior to the pin and not calling for a disqualification. But yet that's the refs. They're all blind. That's just how this works. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I think, like I said, this was easily the best uh, crown jewel that I've I've ever watched. Um, and I'm glad that they had actual storylines moving into it, not just basic matches or dream matches. So hopefully this is just the beginning of that. And however many uh, times we, you keep going back to Saudi, hopefully you have some good storylines going into it. But that was Crown Jewel. Now let's get over to SmackDown, the real reason why you guys are here. So I apologize if you didn't want to hear all that for the last, like, five minutes or so. <laughs> but for SmackDown itself, we kicked off the show with our tribal chief and still your universal champion, Roman Reigns. And um, Roman calling out Brock because Brock had a tweet that came out stating that he's going to show up at SmackDown and then beat Roman Reigns senseless. And Roman was on fire on this mic tonight. Talk about how she he's smashing everybody since, you know, WrestleMania. And, you know, seeing he, he, seeing he smashed Brock so hard, he's tweeting now, which I thought was quite hilarious. Um, but, of course, Roman's like, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not leaving this ring till Rome, until Brock shows up. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is funny. Maybe we'll have another, you know, a, a run over and see what happens. And, hmm, no. <laughs> um, Brock does eventually come out. And it turns into absolute mayhem. Bedlam, if you wish. Brock literally destroying everything. And pretty much everyone. He takes out Roman. The Usos show up. He takes out the Usos. They have people from the back. He takes out the people from the back. He throws refs around. He's throwing, you know, officials around. He half the locker room comes out and tries to calm him down. And he finally stops. Roman runs away with the Usos. Leaves the universal title in the in the ring, and Brock picks it up. You know, does the whole like ah universal champion, ah, the, the typical, the typical heel or face thing. I should I should say because Brock is definitely the face in this, um, and it was good. But the funny thing is, this segment lasted forty minutes. It was insane. It was entertaining. I will definitely say that I wasn't bored, but. 40 minutes and no wrestling at all. Of course, before that, <laughs> before that ended, I should say, Adam Pierce is out there after Brock finally leaves. And he says, because of what he's done, he's put everybody in danger, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that he is definitely suspending Brock Lesnar. Lesnar, of course, hearing this, Comes back out to the ring and F5s Adam Pierce not once, but twice. And in doing so, somehow in the twisting nether that is him going through the F5, his pants split in multiple places and it was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> 
But this is the perfect way to, to write Brock out. Brock doesn't have to be around for a while. I would assume maybe he'll come back around the Rumble. Um, but this is a great way to, you know, use Brock in, in small amounts. So, you know, people don't get bored of him. After that, Drew McIntyre goes to the ring, issues an open challenge because he's a new kid at SmackDown. And who answers but Sami Zayn? And I hate to say this, but Sami Zayn has new theme music. It started off the same, and then it did this that whole warping thing, and then it changed to some generic-ass music. And I was not. I was not a happy camper, and neither was all of Twitter. Twitter was literally on fire. This was probably one of the best theme songs that's WWE's had for a while. It just it fit his character perfectly when he was a face. When he turned heel, I honestly expected a change, but it never came. Now it's come, and well, that's just how it works. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Uh, Drew McIntyre, though, gets the win, feeding Sammy a nice Claymore sandwich, and that's all she wrote. After that, they had the coronation for Xavier Woods. Oh, I'm sorry. King Xavier Woods. And because of me watching wrestling for so long, I was nervous this entire time because I expected somebody to come out to interrupt. Kofi was out there with him. I had this like unnatural fear that Kofi was going to turn on Xavier. I just had this feeling that something bad was going to happen, but thankfully it was all for naught. Nobody came out to attack. It was a beautiful, nice little simple coronation. Xavier Woods is now your king. Good times had by all. After that, we had a rematch from the night before with uh, Mansoor taking on and defeating Mustafa Ali once again. And Ali was irate after this match was over. And part of me wonders if this is going to eventually put the tag team back together or if Mustafa's just going to further go down that rabbit hole and and who knows. But they, they both have great chemistry in the ring. So I look forward to it. We were then introduced, or at least those who haven't watched NXT, were introduced to Hit Row. They came out, had some a great opening rap promo. It was great. And then they had a match uh, with um, Isaiah Swerve Scott and Top Dollar taking on two jobbers, and they took them out. Perfect way to start off their career. After that, we had ourselves a championship contenders match, which, you know, is everybody's favorite type of match. Uh, with Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs taking on a happy Corbin with Madcap Moss. And wouldn't you know, old happy Corbin getting that win. And because he did so, 
he now earns himself a future shot at the Intercontinental Championship, which I feel at this point, and no offense to Shinsuke, but I feel like if they put this on Corbin with his whole happy gimmick, I feel like this this could be this could be an interesting run. Now I know I still have my detractors out there who who despise Baron Corbin and all his Corbinness, but I I love what they're doing with him. I've loved every gimmick he's had. I thought he's done very very good job. He was a fantastic King of the Ring. So we'll see what happens going forward after that. Now we get to the ugly part. The main event, or I should say your main segment of the night, was this championship exchange. Now, weeks ago, I had talked about this happening potentially, and I was not looking forward to it because I had a feeling it was not going to be a lot of fun to watch. And well, it was ugly. The pettiness between Becky and and Charlotte on screen is just so ridiculous. They were dropping the titles, throwing them at each other. Like, where's the respect for these championship titles? Like, seriously. It is a little if you look at it from a title standpoint, it's a little upsetting that they're treating these titles with such disrespect, but it is what it is. But Sasha Banks comes out, kind of saves the segment, (laughs) basically comes out, challenges Charlotte, stating that Becky, uh, that Sasha is the blueprint and she runs the blue brand. So, Becky takes her title and leaves. Sasha and Charlotte brawl as the show closes. So we have gone right back to Charlotte versus Sasha. And I'm actually okay with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, they had fantastic chemistry when they were both on Raw. And I expect the exact same thing them being on SmackDown. So that's the show. Thank you guys so much for listening as always Sam and I will be back on Sunday to do our recording for above the ring to to drop on Monday Uh, we will also be dual tweeting both Dynamite and Impact Wrestling is bound for glory so look out for that on Twitter if you guys don't already do so please follow us on Twitter at above the ring you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring as well. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Scotty J Stream, and you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If you listen to a platform that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop shopping and add a little bit of them to your day from Above the Ring. So, guys, once again, thank you so much for listening. Hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Look forward to some good wrestling this weekend. And going forward next week, as now we are on the road to Survivor Series. But most importantly, guys, please do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good night.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.